Lord, let the Holy Ghost come on down. I love it when the choir gets your attention. Good to see you this morning. Take your Bibles if you would and find Romans chapter 9. We're going to be reading verses 30 through chapter 10 and verse 4. Good to see you this morning. We're glad that you've come be a part of the worship service today. And glad you've gotten up and uh, come early. Be a part of what the Lord is doing. Thank you so much to our choir. Thank you to Aaron and Mary leading us in worship today as well. Uh, we're continuing our series uh, on not just another nation as we look at the difference that the Lord needs to make, not just in the uh, uh, United States, not just in our church, which is the nation, but also in each of our lives individually as well. And we look a little bit at, uh, as we're in Romans uh, looking in chapter 9 and 10 today, we talk a little bit about the nation of Israel as well. We will be taking a little bit of a break next week not a break from church, just a break from the series, you understand, but uh, we're calling it Impact Sunday. You'll be hearing more about that. Frank Lewis of First Baptist Nashville will be the guest speaker. Be a time that you want to be here and you will want to bring guests. So uh, invite others to come. We'll pack the place out. Both services, there's a luncheon workshop that anybody can come to, uh, servant leaders of the church particularly, but I encourage you to come be a part of that as well. This now is the Word of God from Romans chapter 9. Beginning with verse 30, would you stand and honor the reading of God's Word today? What shall we say then that Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained it? That is a righteousness that is by faith. But that Israel who pursued a law that was, would lead to righteousness did not succeed in reaching that law. Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith. But as if it were based on works, they have stumbled... Over the stumbling stone, as it is written, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. And whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness." For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. May the Lord bless the reading of His holy word, and you may be seated. It was a late night talk show host who was doing an interview of the man on the street and asking particular questions about the Bible. He asked a couple of questions from a couple of young women that he ran to on the street. He asked one, can you name for me one of the Ten Commandments? And as if it were a question... She said, when asked, can you name for me one of the Ten Commandments? She said, freedom of speech. And then the other lady asked, and we'll complete this sentence, he who is without sin, and she said, shall do something that makes them happy. He then turned to a young man and asked, who according to the Bible was swallowed by a well? And the confident answer was Pinocchio. Yeah, probably more sad, I guess, than it is funny. But I do think when they do those man-on-the-street kind of interviews, they do look for those people who are not very bright. Well, we want to be able to understand as we come and look at God's Word today, more important than just the facts about God's Word, is us being able to understand and know that every commandment in the Bible, every story, every teaching, every book, all of it points to questions that are important for us to be able to know questions about the here and certainly questions about the hereafter. The most important being the way to salvation and eternal life. <clears throat> the answer is found in Jesus. And it's the same no matter who you are, no matter your age, no matter your season of life, no matter what generation that we are living in, what period or what place in the world in which you live. Today you will be challenged. 
Today, if we pay attention to God's Word, you'll be challenged to put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you've not already done so. You'll be challenged, if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, to keep the faith, no matter what situation or circumstance that you're in, knowing, as we have just read here a moment ago, that you will not be put to shame. I want you to consider, and you've got some notes maybe to help you there along the way, I want you to consider three different worlds maybe as we begin. The first being, I want you to consider third world countries or unreached people. Many who have little to offer its citizens economically, politically, or spiritually. Many are poverty stricken with little hope to better themselves. This is the world of many of the unreached people on the planet in which we live. Many people who have yet to hear the gospel or know the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Of the over 7 billion people in the world, over 3 billion, or right around 3 billion of those have little or no access to the saving message of Jesus Christ, the good news of the gospel. We often think and we sometimes even ask, what about those people who've never heard about Jesus? What is their fate? We talked a little bit about this several months ago as we were looking at Romans chapter 1 to where it says that no matter who we are, no matter where we live, we are without excuse. Sins condemn us just like any, condemn everyone just like nobody, anybody else no matter where they live. Paul also tells us that creation itself reveals that there is a God who loves and cares for them. And they sin against the God of creation. But the Bible says the only way to know God or the only way to be able to get to heaven is through Jesus. So we, how do we rectify this? Well, I certainly don't have all the answers and know nothing except for what it says in the Bible, and I'm still learning that. But I do know that we serve a righteous and a just God But I do want us to always think Bible and not just think, well, what is our opinion or what do we think should be true? It may be that someone living in an unreached country that is seeking the true creator God, God will send them someone to tell them the good news of Jesus. Whenever we see someone walk the aisle or whenever we have somebody stand up and say that they are being called to missions, it may be that God is responding to someone who is seeking the one true God on the other side of the world. Now that may sound naive and even oversimplistic, but it's better than answering questions beyond what the Bible teaches. Listen, there's only one way to God. There's only one way to heaven, and that's through the blood of Jesus. Among these people groups in spiritually dark parts of the world, there are lights that are shining forth, but sometimes they are few and far between. We hear stories of groups of believers that number the 20s or maybe sometimes in maybe there'll be 60 believers in groups that number sometimes hundreds of thousands and maybe even a million people in some villages and groups there are no believers and no access to the gospel whatsoever as of yet we probably could paint a much darker picture today of a place where the devil has some strongholds and is not letting go in the hope of many seems very futile and bleak but today I will tell you what the Bible tells us and I believe it today more than ever before that And we find in 1 John chapter 4, it says this, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. Meaning, greater is the Lord Jesus that is living in each one of us. And every time one new believer comes into the kingdom in that part of the world, or in this part of the world, all of heaven rejoices, the heavenly host and the angels throw a party in that person's honor. And yes, we believe that we have responsibilities as believers, and maybe particularly as believers who live in America. 
What is it that we can do? Well, we're to pray. We're to pray for the people, their physical, spiritual poverty, and that workers will be sent out in the fields to bring a harvest of believers into the kingdom. We also need to give, and we want to relieve suffering of hunger and disease, but we want to do more than just that. Actor Brad Pitt was on 2020 some time ago, and he'd been to a third world country and was rallying support to help with poverty, disease, and education for the children. And we applaud that type of benevolence. We also want to be involved in helping the poor and feeding and helping to cure the sick, just like Jesus was. But like Jesus, we want to take it to the next level. We do not want to just help them through tomorrow. We want to help them through eternity. Our goal is to see hearts change because they've met Jesus. Then what else are we to go besides to, or to do besides to pray and uh, to give? We're to, we're to go and sin. Send people across the state and across our nation and around the world. Short-term trips and vocational missionaries making a difference not only the places that we go, but in the lives of those involved. God will continue to call out people from this congregation just as He has done in the past, just as He has done this year to go and to be able to share the good news of the gospel around our nation and around the world as well. And then we're also to minister and to witness right where we are living. That boy or girl that's saved in vacation Bible school or at youth camp may be the one that God calls to be a light in another part of the world. That family that joins the church and then they spend their week or two of vacation working alongside a missionary. Uh, If we truly want to make a difference in other parts of the world, we have to be a shining light right where we are today, which leads to the second world that we want to talk about today, and that is today's America. Today's America is truly worlds apart from third world countries. There's probably lots and lots of countries and worlds in between, but we live in the greatest nation on earth. We're a privileged people. We make up only 4% of the population of this planet, but we're still among the leaders in technology and education. We still have the greatest military force on earth that other people rely on or fear. We're the greatest test of democracy, the most diverse people in the world, maybe of all of history. There's a great tolerance in our country for most every religion known to man. We have the privilege of living in the greatest land among the greatest people, Having been in other third world countries and impoverished people, how grateful I am to God to be able to live where I live. And for this country and for the freedoms that we have, God bless the USA. While leading in many positive areas, we're also among the leaders in other areas as well that maybe we'd rather not brag about. That is in areas like the use of drugs and the abuse of alcohol, unwed and teenage mothers, divorce, breakdown of the family, suicide and child abuse. Tolerance of most religions of the world sometimes means intolerance of Christianity. According to the North American Mission Board, there are 363 million people living in the United States and Canada. 270 million of those are lost. Now, most Americans don't want to hear necessarily what's wrong about America, and sometimes even people don't want to hear preachers talk about what's wrong about America. There's nothing new about that. But we'd have to agree. God's blessings on America certainly goes beyond what we deserve. And there's another world that we also want to spotlight today. And that is the nation of Israel. Particularly during the time of Jesus and the Apostle Paul, the nation of Israel had considered themselves a privileged nation. 
Whenever God sent a prophet to Israel to reveal their sins, the call for a change, they were most often told if they didn't like it, they could leave it. Sometimes in America we hear the same thing. And they were often helped out, if not by physical harm, sometimes even by taking their very lives. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul was preaching hard news by saying that Israel, they themselves considered the most privileged nation, was rejected by God because they had rejected Jesus. It was not because he hated his own nation or because he despised his own people, but Paul told them this news because he loved them. And then Romans chapter 10 and verse 1 that we read a moment ago says that his desire in his prayer was that Israel, his nation, would be saved. Well, this morning we're going to make somewhat of a comparison between the nation of Israel in that day and the nation of the United States in today. And it won't be a perfect parallel, you'll understand, and probably the Better parallel is sometimes God's called people of Israel and the church today. But today we're making this parallel, understanding that one is much more spiritual and one has much more to do with economics and possessions. The parallels have more to do with why we are turning away from Jesus in America today. We're going to look back and ask why Israel rejected the cross and why do many Americans still reject the cross today and have no need for the God of the Bible and all, along the way, we're going to look at what our focus is, or we're going to look and see how we should respond as believers in the Lord Jesus. Well, first of all, we see that we as Americans, while we are rejecting Jesus, we do not feel that we need saving. We as Americans do not feel that we need saving. One of our misperceptions as believers is that sometimes we assume that most people who are lost feel a need to be saved, but that's not always true. In this country where uh, we have people who are in the pursuit of the American dream and the, some people feel like they have found it, as far as they're concerned, they have found everything that this life has to offer. They're having a great time and do not even know that they're lost. They look at Christians sometimes. They look at people who are in church and feel sorry for us and feel we're missing out on all the fun. Why are we so glum? If we're not happy all the time, well, that's our problem. What does the church and Jesus Christ have to offer them? When Paul said it is his desire that all Israel be saved, most of the Jews would have said at that time, why do we need to be saved? Didn't know that I needed to be saved. Many Americans today would say the same thing. While some would say that ignorance is bliss, ignorance about the Lord Jesus Christ has eternal ramifications. But we're going to run across people who simply do not feel that they need saving. But the Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the truth is that all people need saving. All people need a personal relationship with Jesus. But it also is true that no one can be saved. No one can know that they have a home in heaven until they see that they have a need. So what's the mission of the church in America? It is to reveal to a lost world their need for Jesus Christ. In some third world countries, people are readily accepting the good news of the gospel because... They yearn for something beyond what this world has to offer them in impoverished countries. You might remember that Jesus said it is impossible for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. He compared it how it is, as, it is like a, a camel going through the eye of a needle. Thank goodness, nothing with God is impossible. Well, who's Jesus talking about? Well, I believe for the most part he's talking about us, those who live in America. 
we throw that phrase to save around pretty easily in the church. Well, what does America need saving from? What do Americans need saving from? The first most obvious answer is to be saved from a sinner's hell. Our God is a holy God, and by His own nature, He cannot have a relationship or fellowship with one who is tainted by sin. Thus, it was in His divine plan that by the blood of His only begotten Son that we might be cleansed of sin and able to stand justified, righteous before a holy God. All those who do not turn from their sin and accept Christ by faith, the Bible says, are separated from God for all eternity. Remember the words in Revelation chapter 20, verses 14 and 15. It says, Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. That is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now, we sometimes talk of tolerance in this country as if that were the greatest virtue that there was. But make no mistake, God is intolerant of sin and all those who reject His Son. Jesus said, I am the way and the only way. No one cometh unto the Father except through me. Earlier in the history of our country, there were great revivals and great awakenings that swept across the land where people were being saved by the hundreds and by the thousands. And many of the revivals were started out by the preaching of God's Word, particularly about lost souls going to hell without Jesus. And maybe today we don't preach that message enough. But it's also true that Americans plan for the here and now without much thought about the future. They will plan sometimes for a future college education or plan for that dream home or plan for retirement, but not for eternal life. I asked a preacher one time when I was just starting out as a young pastor and asked him one time, said, what do you think that I should preach about? And I remember what he said. He said, most people just need something that will get them through the week. And I thought that did That didn't sound, (coughs) excuse me, that didn't sound too bad. uh, But the more I thought about it, the more I thought, well, what we need is not something necessarily get us through the week, is what people need is something to get us through eternity. The gift of heaven is enough reason to accept Jesus Christ, but we're also being saved from a life of slavery to sin and being enslaved to this world. We tend to put in America our focus on possessions and the material, owning some things in the world, but instead it turns out that the things of this world end up owning us instead. And if that is our priority, listen, most of us, we have possessions, and we wonder as believers, do we just feel guilty about having more, maybe more than the rest of the world? I don't think guilt is what what the Lord is shooting for. But if we do have something, if we do feel like we're blessed materially, let's be sure that we're using our material blessings for eternal answers. Let's be sure that we're being a blessing to others. And the Bible also warns about money and possessions. In fact, the Scripture says they fly away on wings of an eagle. We'll celebrate and talk often about the freedoms we have in this country as American citizens. We're thankful for those freedoms. And today in this worship service, I hope you realize the freedoms that we also have in Christ, which is not bound by geographic, government, or politics, if you're a child of God and already a citizen of heaven. Jesus said in John 8, verses 31 and following, He said, If you abide in my word, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So there are at least two things to be saved from. One is in the future, and one's in the present. But we're also being saved from past sins and the guilt that we carry around with us 
For Christians, eternity with Christ begins the moment that we're saved. For Israel, Jesus is called the rock, which was rejected, that was the stumbling stone. Romans 9.31 that we read a moment ago is a quotation from Isaiah chapter 8 where it says, See, I lay in Zion a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. And then in Isaiah chapter 8, the Bible tells about the incoming invasion of the enemy by the name of Assyria. Isaiah said that it will sweep over Israel like a flood, destroying everything in sight. The force of the flood would be so great that everything, including the people, would be shattered and broken into pieces, but that there would be a place of refuge, a sanctuary, one place where they could stand secure, a rock to stand while all others will be swept away. In this country, there's begun the flood, flood of immorality or of personal selfish pleasure of greed and People are being swept away and destroyed. But there's one place of refuge, a sanctuary, a rock, where we can stand and not be swept away. In Isaiah 8, that rock is called the Lord of hosts. In Zion, another name for Jerusalem. In the New Testament, that rock is Jesus. He is the Messiah. The rock means salvation to all who see the need for it on which to stand. But it is also a stumbling block for all those who do not. Well, how do we combat this idea that many Americans don't know that they need saving? Well, we could say that to say every American, you're a sinner, you're going straight to hell, you need Jesus. But that will not necessarily draw people to Jesus. These words are true, people need to know it. But they may first need to see the difference that Jesus has made in your life. So what's your response? It is that Jesus is the foundation stone where you stand. They need to see that you and I do not place or trust in material possessions or our own accomplishments or worldliness or self-indulgence, but on Jesus alone. Well, why else does America reject Jesus? Well, we as Americans think that we are already religious. We think that we're already religious. Romans chapter 2 and verse 10, we read a moment ago, it says, For I can testify about them speaking of the Jews, that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. A faithful Jew is one who was faithful on, who was, uh, faithful on at least three things. Three things were important. It was the name of God, it was the law of God, and it was the temple of God. That's why they tried to catch Jesus on saying so many different things, trying to catch Him saying a blasphemy about God. When he catches him something about saying something against the law of Moses, but he said he came to fulfill the law of Moses. And that was the reason they were so angry when Jesus said the temple would be destroyed and he would rebuild it in three days, speaking of his resurrection. What Jesus does is bring an end to zeal for religion and legalism. Instead, gives us a zeal and energy and power for the Lord Jesus Christ. In Galatians, Paul calls the law a schoolmaster. And elsewhere we understand the law is a signpost pointing to faith in Jesus Christ. But for the religious people, the law of the Bible became the very way to be found righteous. Follow the law, salvation by works. But Jesus Christ put an end to all that. Verse 4 says Christ is the end of the law. He's like the finish line. The law pointed to Jesus and pointed to the need for Christ. He's what the law of the Old Testament is pointing to. And there's only one way to be found righteous. Not by the law, not by works, not by religion, 
It's by faith in Jesus Christ. It's true today in America, the country where every religion in the world can be found, we can find people who have a zeal for religion. We can find a church on just about every street corner. Finding people that know something about the church or finding those who are on fire and have a zeal for the Lord Jesus Christ above all else, that's a little harder to find. Not too long ago, we were coming back from an overseas mission trip and we had a layover in Frankfurt, Germany. It's about a 12-hour layover, so we decided to go into the city and there in downtown Frankfurt, there was a shopping district and lots and lots of people hustling, bustling. There was one fellow that was holding up a sign, and it was in German, but I could tell that it was a, at least had a verse on it from the Bible, and the only words I could understand was, Jesus saves. And I watched him for a moment, and as I watched him, I noticed that no one stopped to listen, no one paid him attention, or even looked his direction. Well, it's no different in America today, is it? People do not see them that they have a need, where on the one hand, the Apostle Paul seems to be putting down his fellow countrymen for their rejection of Jesus Christ. He pauses to say that his desire in prayer is that his fellow Israelites be saved. And whether we talk about what's right about America or what's wrong about America, may our desire as citizens of these United States and the people who love this land and its people, may our desire be that the people of America be saved. May that be our prayer. I know that's God's desire for the citizens of the United States and around the world. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4 says, God desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. A church that does not have a heartfelt compassion for the lost and a deep desire of the people in their own community to be saved, but instead centers on something besides salvation for a lost world has left the teachings of the New Testament. We become on fire for Christ grow in our love for the Lord Jesus and our love for others, people will discover from us what they need is not more religion, but a relationship with the living Lord. So what's your response? Is is that you have a growing relationship with the living Lord. Your growth and constant attention to the disciplines of following Jesus Christ sends the message that we're not peddling another or more religion. We're all about knowing the one true God. And we want others to know Him too. Why else does America reject Jesus? It's because we as Americans, we have too much pride. We are a country that's filled with pride. We we have pride in country and even oneself, but there's a pride that can make Jesus a stumbling stone. He who is the cornerstone of our faith is the offensive rock to the unbeliever. When confronted with Christ, prideful people are irritated or annoyed. Why do some people reject the righteousness of God? Because they cannot earn it. People often reject something that they cannot do for themselves or do on their own. It's that pride which brings people down. down. For the Israelites, they stumbled over a crucified Messiah. Romans chapter 10 and verse 3 that we read says this, Since they did not know the righteousness that comes from God and sought They sought to establish their own. They did not submit to God's righteousness. They were looking for someone who would bring political freedom and national glory. They wanted to earn their own way and be given national pride. Well, does that sound all that bad? Political freedom, national glory, 
be given national pride. Does that sound like America? My goodness, it doesn't even seem wrong. The problem is, it's not biblical. We must submit to God's righteousness. That means yielding to Him in repentance and humbly saying, we cannot do it on our own. We need Jesus. So what's your response to pride? Well, stop trying to earn your way to heaven. That's why it became important that we know our salvation is secure. and We're not continually to seek our own way to heaven because earning your own way puts the focus on yourself. It's all about what I'm doing. Take the focus, take your focus off of yourself. When we understand it's all about Jesus and what Jesus has done for us, then we're free to focus on honoring God with what we do and serving the Lord in our community. We live in telling other people the good news of Christ around the world. When we put our focus on self, Jesus will be our stumbling stone. When we put our focus instead on Christ, He is our foundation and our precious cornerstone. If you want to make a difference in the community in which we live, in our country and around the world, focus on loving God, serving others, and sharing the good news. There's a classic story about prospectors looking for gold in the 1800s, late 1800s in Montana. And they saw on the ground these blue fragments littering the ground. They thought they were nothing more than broken whiskey bottles and as the prospectors moved throughout the region of Montana, they left behind those blue fragments and looked at them as something to be avoided, all the while looking for the promise of gold. The blue fragments were later to be determined to be sapphire crystals. Jake Hoover, a determined gold prospector, stayed in central Montana after most other people had gone. He gathered as many of these blue fragments as he could. He took just a small portion of what he had, put it into a cigar box in 1895 and sent it to Tiffany and Company in New York City. Tiffany soon sent him a payment of $3,750, a soft small fortune in that day and just a portion of all that he had collected. The stone that others reject, the stone that others stumble over, seek to avoid is the precious stone. Those who believe and those who pursue the precious cornerstone will not be put to shame, but will have received that which has the greatest value of all. The greatest thing that you could do for your country, the greatest thing that you could do for your family, your friends, or yourself is to make Jesus the cornerstone of your life. Now, here's some question for reflection. Which of these attitudes... Which of these keeps you from giving your life to Jesus? Do you now know that you have a need for a Savior? I'm not asking you to join a religion, but to start a relationship with Jesus. Don't let selfish pride keep you from making the most important decision of your life if you've not accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. These same attitudes can keep you from growing as a believer. You still need Jesus every day. You may think that you're religious enough. You go to church and you give and you've joined this committee. You've done a lot of stuff you feel like for church or for religion. But what you need is not more religion, but you need to seek the face of Jesus every day. need to be sure that you're growing in Christ. And pride can still hurt your relationship if you're not willfully submitting to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Stop trying to earn your way. He's done everything that needs to be done. He's done it all for you. Trust and follow Jesus. Don't let worldliness, religion, or pride 
keep you from knowing Christ or growing in Christ. So today we ask you, and hopefully the Scripture itself has challenged you, that if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that today needs to be the day of salvation, that you give your heart and life to Him. Today we challenge you, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus, needs to be a day that you say, I'm going to keep my faith in the one who is my rock and the one who is the cornerstone because of all that he's done for me. No matter what season of life, no matter what you're going through, you know that you can trust him for all things. Let's bow together. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you today. We thank you that you have called us to be a part of the greatest nation on earth. Not the United States, but the nation called the church, the body of Christ. We thank you, Father, for this nation that is not bound by geographical terms, but only bound by the common bond that we share because we've placed our faith in you. We thank you, Father, for how you continue to be at work in our lives. Father, we pray that even today that our attitudes and our actions will show that we humbly trust in you for all things and not in ourselves. Father, today we pray for those living in America who do not know you as Lord and Savior. Father, we Pray that we might be a shining light that allows others to be able to know that Jesus can make a difference in their eternity and in their everyday living today. Father, we pray for those around the world that need to know you as well. We pray that we'll continue to go and to send others, Father, to share the good news in places and people who need to know you. And Father, now we pray in this place, this very place, that you might be at work in our lives. Either we need, if we need to come back to you in a right relationship or for those who need to come to know you as Lord and Savior or for those who just need to continue on, continue seeking you each and every day. Father, we pray that you might be at work in each life today. It's in Christ's name that we lift these prayers. Amen. I'm going to ask if you would, would you please stand?